0: Checking out the Anchor Faith Message Podcast from St. Augustine, Florida. Now, enjoy this message. Glory to God. Well, I'm excited to be in the house tonight to be able to bring a word. Amen. And actually, I'm going to be doing the rest of the summer on Wednesday nights. And I'm just letting you know you don't want to miss a Wednesday night. Because there's some things in the tank that God wants to release, amen, by the Spirit through impartation as we yield as the body together to the Word, amen. Amen. And uh, the Holy Spirit uh, let me know that I just needed to go and talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. Everything you ever want to know about the Holy Ghost, about the Holy Spirit as a person, I am going to go through line upon line for the next weeks upon weeks upon weeks. We're going to see how long it goes. Pastor said that's what we need. Because nothing we do as a believer can be done without the Holy Spirit. Can be done without the Holy Spirit. And so many people, um, and we know it says in the last days, right, that many, many are going to fall away from the faith. And it's really only because of the other scripture that says there was those that denied the power of God, right, Right. Right? denied the power of God. And so uh, we're just going to go line upon line. And we're going to discover some things. And I just believe it's going to solidify some things in your heart and in your lives. And then we have a lot of new people that don't know about the Holy Spirit the way that some of us know about the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The person of the Holy Spirit. The person. Amen. The third third, uh, part of the Godhead. Amen. And so it's very needed in this day. And in this hour, because I believe uh, if we're going to see all that he has for all of our lives, and we're going to be able to stand firm uh, in our lives in these last days, we're going to have to know more and more about the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, but we're going to talk about that later. Tonight, I want to talk about... Uh, the scripture out of 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 15 and Revelations chapter 1 and verse 6. These are my two key texts that we want to go from tonight. And um, we are going to talk about a kingdom of kings and priests unto our God. That's what we've been made. We are kings and priests unto our God. Amen. And we're just going to talk a little bit about that and discover what the word says. Amen. So uh, 1 Timothy 6:15, it says this, Which he will manifest in his own time, he who is the blessed and only uh, potentate, that means all power, all authority, which is the king. He is the king of kings. Who are those kings? Who are those kings? We are. Yes, we are. And I believe it's high time we start acting like it. It's time we start acting like kings in the earth. What we were created and designed to be. Amen. Kings of the king. Amen. And what else? Lord of lords. The lord of lords hallelujah and then Revelation chapter 1 verse 6 says this it said and he has made us kings and priests unto his god and father to him be the glory dominion forever and ever amen one translation he has made us uh, to be a kingdom of priests right and we know we've been taught what kingdom means king's domain king's dominion right and we've been taught that uh here at this church that the fact is is that we um have been given the title of a king in the earth as a man once we get born again right So, I want to go now to Genesis chapter 1. And I want to go all the way back to the beginning. Because I don't believe that people are living up to what God designed them to be. Too many believers still have no understanding that they are royalty. They have no understanding That they have been given dominion in the earth, hallelujah. In Genesis chapter one, and I'm going to read all the way through verse 31. Y'all know me because I want to read it in context. So in Genesis chapter one, say "From from the beginning. From the beginning. From the beginning. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. What did God do? He what? He said. This is the year of reigning residence, our decree. Isn't that what Pastor Mike ministered last Wednesday on? Yes. Yeah. yeah. God said. And it was so God said, and it was so God saw the light and was, it was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night and there was evening and there was morning and one day then God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. God made the expanse and separated the waters, which were below the expanse from the waters, which were above the expanse. And it was so say it was so so. what he called it and what he said it was so it did what he told it to do. God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, and there was morning, a second day. And then God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and gathering of the waters he called seas, and he saw, God saw that it was what? It was good, because he's good, isn't he? Hallelujah. And then he said, let there be earth. Uh, Sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their own kind with seed in them. He always created whatever he created to produce after it was own kind. Even in the animal kingdom, we can see there's no these and they's and them's. Come on. It was created by its own kind. Every seed produces after its own, right? Its own kind. And then he said, there was evening and there was morning, a third day. Then God said, let there be lights, the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let there be signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light, to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and night and to separate the light from darkness. And God saw that it was what? There was evening and there was morning A fourth day, then God said, let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of heavens. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves uh, with which the water swarmed after its own kind and every winged bird after its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them saying, here it is, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth everything that god created he created and designed that they would multiply that they would increase everything everything he created was to pr- to reproduce after its own kind to multiply and to increase Every single thing. Amen. Hallelujah. And we'll get into that in a minute. There was evening and there was morning. And on the fifth day, God said, Let the earth bring forth. Uh, living creatures after their kind Cattle creeping things Beasts of the earth after their kind And it was so God made the beast of the earth after their kind And the cattle after their kind And everything that creeps on the ground After its kind And God saw that it was Good. And then God said Let us make man in our image We hear this scripture Every service at Anchor Faith Right? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule. Let them rule. We know that word rule there means let them have dominion. Let them rule. Right? Let them be ones in authority. Okay? Let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over the cattle, over all the earth. Everything that's creeping, that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. Say, God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Just like he told the animals and everything that he created before that, that they would what? They would multiply, they would increase, right? And he said that to uh, man here. It says, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and every little thing that moves on the earth. And then God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of the earth and every tree, which was what fruit yielding seed. Uh, It shall be food for you and to every beast of the earth and every bird in the sky, everything that moves on the earth, which has life. I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw that all that he had made, and behold, it was what? Very Very good. Hallelujah. It was very good. And there was evening and morning the sixth day. So we see from the very beginning that God created, right, man, his man, Adam and Eve, if we want to name them, right, Adam and Eve to have rulership, to have dominion over what? All the earth, over all the earth. Now, he told them to be fruitful. What does it mean to be fruitful? It means that you should have proof in the pudding. Right. It means that people should see your life and they should see fruitfulness exuding from it. There ought to be fruit happening in your life. You ought to be being an example of him blessing you and and people be able to see the fruit of that in your life. Because he blessed them. He blessed them. Being blessed is not a curse, like most people, Amen. religious people, think. Amen. Come on. Come on. He blessed his man and he. Actually told them, this is the things that you need to make sure you do to represent me, to show forth that you are actually a ruler over the earth. That means you are going to have fruit in your life. Amen. Amen. You are going to produce for the kingdom. You're going to produce for the king. We're going to show forth fruitfulness. What does it also mean, he said, for them to what? He told them to be fruitful and to multiply. Do you know what that word multiply means? Become great. He desired that his man, his woman, would multiply, would become great in everything that he designed them to be. To be great become great hallelujah and you if you're sitting here thinking well i sure don't feel great and i sure don't then this is why you're getting the message because it's high time god's people say we are to be fruitful come on and we are to become great for the kingdom of god we're to produce great things for the kingdom of god in our lives we ought to be sitting back every day saying, Look, isn't it good? God, just like you said, it was good. Yes. This is the same conversation we should be having about our lives. So, to multiply means to become great, it means to enlarge, it means to increase greatly or exceedingly this is what he wanted man to be become great fruitful multiply increase enlarge your capacity enlarge your territory i've given you rule over this earth amen and we know that his plan and his design for man Come on, Is still that today. That's why he sent Jesus, come on, to restore man back to that position of kingship, of dominion, of rulership. Amen. Now, we know we can't do it without Christ. But this is what he designed man to be, to become great. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know how many people in the world we look at people? We look at movie stars, we look at hall, you know, football players, you know, we look at all these CEOs of these big mega companies, and do you know what? It it looks as if what they've become great. There's fruit in their life because the Bible says. What does it what profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? Even man in his fallen state without Christ can become great. How much more? the king of kings, come on, and the Lord of lords, when we have all wisdom, oh, come on, everything on the inside of us that God gave to us, how much more ought we to be producing and becoming great? But our mindsets are still stuck in just religion. Well, I'm just glad I'm saved so that one day I die and go to heaven. And I don't need anything but just a sweet little shack on the sweet by and by. (laughs) Come on. And that's being humble. That's religious. Those are thought processes from the enemy to keep you small thinking and to keep you in bondage. That is not what God designed his man to be. He said he is to become great in the earth. So he said, what else? To fill it. To fill it. What does to fill it mean? It means this, to accomplish it. To accomplish it. Whatever it is that God put within us, we can accomplish it. We can accomplish it. Amen. And it also means when it says to fill, it means to what? Overflow and satisfy. So what you're doing, is it overflowing? Is it satisfying you? If it's not, then it may not be what God really has for you. Amen. Is it satisfying you? Come on. Is, it, is your life just overflowing with excitement and purpose? Come on. Now we know everybody's in different journeys in life. Everybody has different callings. Everybody has different things that God wants them to do. But in the midst of whatever it is that you're doing, are you becoming great at it? Are you producing at it? Come on. Are you being satisfied in it? Are you overflowing? Come on. And then he says that we are to bring, to subdue it, to subdue the earth. What does it mean? Subdue. This really stood out to me. To subdue the earth actually means that we are to bring it into subjection. Bring it into subjection. His man, come on. Was to bring the earth into subjection to whatever God needed it to be. To whatever God needed it to be. We know that the earth is in chaos right now. Right? Because of the God of this world who is Satan. We know because of the fall of man what sin entered the world. And this world is not the way that God originally designed the world to be. But because he's a good father, when Adam, right, disobeyed and handed over his dominion to Satan, and Satan was able to become the God of this world, God is so good that he had a redemptive plan. To redeem us and to restore man back to his original purpose, back to his original position, right? Because we know when Adam fell, what did God do? He went walking through the cool of the day and said, what, Adam, where are you? Do we think that God couldn't find, as pastor said, Adam? No, he said, Adam, you are out of your position of authority that I gave you. You're out of your position of rulership that I gave you. I gave you a position of authority. You should have been able to tell Satan to get out of the garden, right? But you didn't. You got out of your position. So I'm going to have to now send my son to redeem man to put them back into the position that I originally planned for man to be. And that is now... Once you get born again, come on, now we are put back into a position of dominion, of authority, of rulership. And we have the responsibility to subdue the world, the earth, the craziness around us. Bring it into subjection to the word of God. That's exactly what he was supposed to do. Adam should have stood up and subdued the earth, come on, in front of Satan and say, Satan, get out of the garden. You have no authority in this territory. He should have brought him into subjection to his authority in the earth. But he didn't. He didn't. And now, when we get born again, We are to do the same thing. We are to subdue the earth. We're to subdue and bring into subjection anything in this world that's trying to keep us from becoming great for the kingdom of God subdue bring into subjection your emotions to the word of God subdue and bring into subjection the circumstance that's lingering on in your life subdue and bring into subjection your finances subdue and bring into subjection come on Uh, overcoming addiction. Addiction has no authority over you because you bring it into subjection to the authority of God. Whatever it is that's trying to keep you bound can no longer, if you take your authority, take your position like Adam should have done and bring it into subjection. Subdue it. Say, oh, no, no longer. No longer is that person going to be able to control my life. Come on. You bring it into subjection. And when you know the rulership and the authority that you've been given, you will do it. Amen. You'll do it. Bring it into subjection. You know what else it means to keep it under? Keep it under, keep it under, under subjection. So nothing actually has any hold on you. Nothing as a child of God, nothing because you have the authority to keep it under, to keep it under, whatever it is. Whatever it is, you have the authority to keep it under. Hallelujah. It also means to dominate or to tread down. To dominate or to tread down. We are to tread down the enemy's camp, we are to take back what the enemy has stolen. We are to bring it into subjection to the kingdom of God. Just like St. Augustine. Oh no, devil, you don't have full reign in St. Augustine. We're not going to have strip joints. We're not going to have meth labs. Come on. No, we're going to subdue the territory around us. We're going to bring it into subjection to the kingdom of God. Come on. This is what I'm talking about. We've been given this authority, and we know through this church who's prayed for years all kinds of things that's happened because we've prayed for this city. We know that shop is shut down, right, because we called it closed and said, we're not going to have this in our city. We've been given that authority. We've been given that authority to subdue, to take back, to tread down, to dominate, which means to rule, to dominate, to reign. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We have to look at ourselves, just as Pastor said on Sunday, and, or Pastor Mike, it, on Wednesday I listened to his message. Are we better off this year than we were last year? Because every year our life ought to be what? Increasing, multiplying. Come on producing more for the kingdom of God. Everything in our lives, spirit, soul, body, come on. Our emotions ought to be better in check, better than they've ever been before. Come on. All of these things. See, depression should not subdue you. Right? Right? Because the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. So what do you have to do? You bring it into subjection. No, I no longer will be bound by depression, but I declare that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on. And I will laugh at the face of the enemy and tell him that he is under my feet and he will no longer dominate me. Unless we begin rising up as kings in the earth, we will still be crippled as Christians, as believers. And I'm going to tell you this, too. Even though you may have heard that, you've had a thought, that you have authority, it doesn't matter if you've heard it if you're not exercising it on a daily basis reminding yourself, wait a minute now, I've got authority over this situation. What am I even doing? I have authority. I no longer have to put up with this. Right? So many people just, it's so easy just to slip back into just, oh, you know, the way that it is. This is just the way it is. It's never going to change. Da, 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 da. Instead of taking your ground and standing up and saying, no, this is no longer going to be a part of my house. It's no longer going to be a part of my life. Right? We have that authority. You know, when we were in Poland um, and we were, uh, we got to spend some time with a few of the pastors uh, the the one pastors that took us that uh, took us to their hangar because pastor thought that was really cool and had to go see it so we drove an hour and forty five minutes just to go <laughs> see it in a little car in the back seat with me in the middle with Chase and him on each side oh my right. and. Uh, so anyway, but the, the drive was beautiful because we did get to go through the forest and it was absolutely gorgeous. But anyway, um, so we were talking uh, to the pastors and um, she came up to me and said, thank you so much for what you ministered on um, because, you know, I've read Brother Hagin's book years and years and years ago in the 80s and 90s about the fact that we've been given the believer's authority. But you know what? I haven't been operating in it. So thank you for reminding me. Thank you for stirring that up within me. You know what she told me? She said because uh, she was believing God. She Well, she wasn't believing God, actually. She wasn't using her authority. But she wanted uh, they had bought that hangar and you know it was just a destroyed mess and it's in a nice little area though but all around the parking lot was just huge uh, craters I mean just it looked like the bomb still from World War one had went off around it the the drive area around it the parking and which was a little bit of parking, but that's how they are in those other countries. But um, they had big old potholes and craters all around their driving. So even when we were driving up, we were having to weave through little sections just to be able to park. And so she said she had went to the whatever their city council, so to speak, is, or their governance there, and talked to them about wanting them to um, pave those roads and fix the roads. And she came back to me and she said, but now I know I can use my authority. And my roads are going to get fixed because they denied her. And I said, now you go back. You go back up there and be like that uh, persistent woman with the judge. You have authority and you have a right as the kingdom citizen. Now you just go walk right back up there and you let them know, hey. You wanted us to take this building because it was uh, eyesore in that area and nobody wanted to do anything with it. So bless God, you're going to fix this thing because you need to come look and see how much we've done and revitalize this area. And I said, and you just keep being persistent. She said, I know, I've got my authority and I'm going to do it. Right? But see, for years, you know. But you just, oh, okay. You just cave. Oh, okay. Well, I guess they won't. No. Demand your rights. I have a right as a kingdom citizen. This is my territory. Come on. This is my dominion. Whatever, wherever you're at. This is your territory. This is your dominion. This is where God says you can rule, so you rule over it. And subdue it and bring it into subjection of what you want. And don't give up. We give up. We give up. We give up so easy. One little no and we give up. We've got to be more persistent. And we've got to stand more on his word and say, no, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I haven't even got to my points about kings. But anyway, so I thought this was important. Uh, because Romans 819 Romans 8:19 8, says this, "For the earnest expectation of the crea- uh, creature waiteth what for the manifestations of the sons of God. The whole earth, actually when you read past verse 19 and verse 20, talks about the whole earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. This is what it literally means. it's waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God to be revealed so that we can bring the earth into subjection so that we can subdue it once again, because Further down, as you continue to read, verse 22, 23, 24, it talks about the earth is what? Crying out and groaning and waiting for its redemption. Because the earth has not been redeemed. Man has been redeemed. And we know there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth when he returns. Right? Right? So the earth knows that the enemy, come on, has come in and taken control. This is where he's talking about dominion or territory. The enemy has come in and taken territory that doesn't belong to him. And we are now here as the sons of God to, to what? Bring the earth or bring territory back into subjection to the kingdom of God. And get it, what? Take it from the enemy's camp. To bring it back into subjection. To subdue it. The earth is looking for you to rise up. The earth is crying out for his... His kings in the earth to rise up and to take their position, take their position of authority and to dominate and to rule and bring it back into subjection and subdue it. I was listening to Dr. Uh, uh, Bill Winston last week uh, and he started talking about, because um, he teaches on the kingdom and he started talking about um, how you know he's in Chicago. We went out there one time to see a long time ago when God started talking to us about this mall because he bought a mall in Chicago, y'all. And so Pastor and I went out there. But anyway, he talked about how, you know, crime was so bad in, in certain areas there in Chicago and all this stuff. And he just started taking authority. Taking authority. And bringing things into subjection and saying, we're not gonna have, uh, you know, killings and shootings around our area. Right? And lo and behold, it took place. All kinds of things stopped happening. You know, the drugs and all kinds of things that were happening around stopped because he started, what, taking his authority and subduing and bringing that territory into subjection to the kingdom of God. And saying it's not going to be around here. It's not. So, but how many people are doing this as believers? So the whole earth is waiting for us as his kings to rise up. And take our place and bring this earth back into subjection. Hallelujah. So now he said that these kings, we are, are to um, have a place of authority. So first point is kings are in a seat of authority. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says this, and he raised us up with him. These are not things we haven't heard as a church, but some people may have never heard these that are sitting in these seats. And even if you have heard it but you're not doing it, you need to hear it until you get to doing. Right? You need to hear it again until you rise up and begin to do the things that you're hearing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so Ephesians chapter 2, it says he raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So where are we seated? In Christ Jesus. And we know that Jesus is sitting where? At the right hand of the Father. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And I love to say this because this kind of gets through some religious thought is that you know that Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father we know that the scripture says in Hebrews that he's ever interceding on the behalf of the who? the saints he's not up there praying for the lost he's not praying for the world who's he praying for? The saints, because he knows it's the saints that have the authority in the earth. We have the authority. He's praying for us to communicate through and to us, through the Holy Ghost, what it is that God needs done in the earth. Because God can do nothing in the earth without man. God is not in control. He's in control of his word. He's in control of his saints and those who will believe him and will yield to the Holy Ghost. That's who he's in control of. He is not in control of everything that's going on in the the world. He's in control of his word. And whatever his word has said, it will be. But he needs to operate through man, through his kings in the earth. And he will do that by speaking to us through the Holy Ghost. Jesus is not going to help you. I'll, I like to shock people. He's not going to help you because Jesus has already fulfilled his assignment. He's already said it is finished. He did what he was supposed to do, he died, he rose. Come on. He shed his blood on the mercy seat. So what? So that we can enter back in. Hallelujah. Now, we know who is at work in the earth today. What have you been taught? The Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit at work in the earth today. He said, it's to your advantage that I go. Jesus saying this about the Holy Spirit. So that what? He can come. So we know that it's the Holy Spirit at work in the earth today. And we're going to talk about this in the Wednesdays to come. Nothing will get done outside of the Holy Spirit. Nothing. We can build things on our own without the Holy Spirit. But the holy thing that he's doing is what we want to be yielded to. We don't want to build things on our own. We want to be building by the Holy Spirit. Not by might, not by power, but it's by my spirit, Spirit, saith the Lord. So it's the Holy Spirit at work in each individual that's born again to yield. To what the word says and what he is saying so that we can accomplish what it is he needs done in the earth in these last days. Romans 5, 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, who is that? Jesus. Much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will what? Reign in life. Reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So reigning has to do with what? Ruling. Having dominion. We are to reign over. We are to reign in life. Life's circumstances and all the things happening in this world should not be dominating us. We should be reigning over it. That's what he created us to do is to reign in Life through Christ, through him working on the inside of us. Matthew 28, 18, 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and where? On earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I will Be with you always. So Jesus had the authority given to him in heaven and the earth. And we know he then gave that authority to his disciples. To what? Do the same thing he did. That's why Jesus is called the last Adam. He's not the second. He's the last. Because there will never be another. He's the last Adam. So Jesus accomplished everything that God had desired that the first Adam would do. Take authority, take dominion, obey my word, right? But he didn't do it. So Jesus had to come in the form of a man in the earth because he said that's why he's called the son of man. So he had to come As a man in the earth because God gave man authority and dominion over the earth. But then Jesus, what, gives it to his disciples. Gives it to every one of us. So kings are to reign and they're to rule over, number two, the territory or the domain that they are in. Your home is a domain. Your home is a territory. Your job is a territory. Your job is a domain that God has given. Your business, that's a territory that God has given you to rule over and to have dominion in it. Okay? Wherever you're at, you've been given that Domain or that territory. And not only that, He will put within you new territory to take yes. to enlarge your capacity, to multiply you, to increase you. He'll give you a desire to grow larger. God is a big God. He is not a small, simple-minded person. He is always about enlarging you, right? We already read that. So he's going to give you new ideas to take more territory for him. And you can do that as you begin to rule and reign over your life. Psalms 8, 4, and 6. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him for You have made him a little lower than the angels and have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. And you have put all things under his feet. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He made you. Say, he made me. To have dominion. Say it again. He made me to have dominion. dominion. Hallelujah. One more time. He made me to have have dominion. dominion. Glory to God. Nothing is to have dominance over you. Nothing. Nothing is to dominate your life. Psalms 115, 16. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to who? So he always intended for his man to have what? The earth. The earth. Everything within it. Everything within it. Everything is within the earth that you need to accomplish whatever it is that God has put in your heart to do. Everything. Everything. He put Adam in the garden that was already what? Full. Already gave him everything that he would need to accomplish what God had set for Adam to accomplish. Everything was in the earth that we need. There is no shortage. There is a full supply for all of his Children in anything that he has designed for us to do. Hallelujah. Whatever it is, I was looking at these pastors in Poland thinking, wow, I mean, these guys, they're doing it just like we are. And you would think they're impoverished and, you know, they're not American. And, you know, how are they going to be able to aco- But God has a full supply. Of whatever they need, wherever they are. And all you have to do is tap into it by faith, yes. believing God that he wants to increase you, that he wants to multiply you, and and that he will supply whatever it is that he's designed for you to do. Yes. Hallelujah. There's a full supply. There is no shortage. People talk about, you know, gas running out and and, you know... All the oil running. I don't believe. I believe everything is in the earth. And will remain in the earth until he burns it up. It will be in the earth for his man. Hallelujah. But we, when we start hearing these things, we are not going to be the, those that operate like the world. We're going to say no. No. My house, my oil's not going to run dry. In my cupboards, they're not going to go dry. I'm going to have a full supply of whatever it is that I need. And this is the confession or our decree that we must have as kings in the earth. We know that Jesus, what did he do? It is written. That's the bottom line. That's all he said. It is written. It is written. It is written. Tells us not to worry about a thing. Matthew 6. Worrying is a sin. People are so worried. I hear Brother Hagin in an old CD that I listened to. He said, I'm not going to worry another day in my life. I'm not going to worry about a thing. That's where we got to be. Not going to do it. That's what he said. I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. I'm not going to worry about a thing. See, because he was raised in the Great Depression. And he talked about his grandma or one of his moms or somebody that all she did was worry, 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 worry. And then he was reading over in the scripture where he says in Matthew, it says not to worry. And so to worry, if God says not to, is actually, when you know what you ought to not do, it's sin to you. That's true. Yep. It's what the Word says. Yeah. So worrying is, we don't have to worry another day in our lives about a thing. You know why? Because we can just cast that care right on the Lord. Because He cares for you. Because He's good. Hallelujah. Nothing, nothing has to worry you at all. Hallelujah. So Luke 10 says this, 8 and 9. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat what is set before you and heal those who are sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Hallelujah. Do you believe that the kingdom of God is near to you? And look what he said in Luke 9, 1 and 2. It said, and he called the 12 together and gave them. Here it is when he talked about giving the disciples all authority. He called the 12 together and he gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and perform healings. Hallelujah. He gave them, say, authority. 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 Authority represents dominion. Yeah. Rule. Right? Six, uh, Matthew 6.10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on what? Earth. earth. As it is in heaven. So where did he want his will done? On earth. On earth. Uh, one day when we get to the sweet by and by. Uh-huh. His will will be done? No. Right here on earth. Yes. He wants his will done. And he gets it done through us who believe. who uh, Us who will rise up and take our authority, take our position and rule and reign. And we will begin to what? See the kingdom of God everywhere we go. Yeah. Everywhere we go. I was talk- I just got a text from... Um, um, a congregation member, one of their kids is at camp, um, the Velar kid, he um, messed up his his arm or something. Meredith, do you know what happened to their son's arm? Was it broke or crumbled, the joint? No, 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 no. No, the one that's in the cast. Three weeks ago, they came up for me to pray for his arm. <laughs> Not at camp. No, this didn't just happen. I got a text about the testimony. Because he, what did he do to it? Broke the joint or what happened? tendon. So in his was actually on hand. Okay. Well, anyway, the surgeon was saying that he was going to have to go in to do surgery. And they were going to have to, you know, maybe put pins and all this stuff in it. And But they, it was at the end of service or one of the worship services three weeks ago. She just walked up and had went and got him out of class and asked me to lay hands on him for healing. And I just got the text that um, he's not going to have to have surgery and that everything's healing fine and nothing's amen his faith was there god you know god's the healer i don't believe it's a coincidence i believe that was that child's faith and that mama's faith and that when we laid hands on the sick they shall recover amen because healing belongs to us that's one of our redemptive realities amen it belongs to us so king's Number three, have to defend their territory. Kings have to defend. Not only are they responsible for territory or their domain, they have to defend their territory and their domain. So a lot of us, you know, God's done things in our life and we've seen God uh, move mightily and did great things for us. But do you know what? We have to stand in a place of we are defending what God has already done in our life. And we're not going to give an inch because we don't want him, the devil, to try to come back in and take that territory back that's already been advanced for the kingdom. So whatever it is, right, that God has done in your life or whatever it is that God has done for you. Right? You took territory in an area of your life. Well, guess what? As a king, he's going to defend his kingdom, his territory. And we have to defend it. Amen. And say, no, devil, you're not coming back in this place. Not one bit. And you have to stand up and defend what it is that you've already taken. So we can't just sit back passively and think that everything's wonderful and everything's great, and look how God, and become complacent because it's in those moments that God's go, that the enemy's going to try to come back in, and say, "Oh, really? Why? Because we get complacent. We don't. We're not in a place of continually exercising our faith or our authority, and he'll try to come in any way that he can." Amen. So we are to defend our territory. Uh, Luke nineteen thirteen says this. And God called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy until I come. Right. Occupy until I come. One translation says, Do business until I come. Which we know we are to do his business until he comes. But in doing his business, we have to do it in an occupying position of authority, okay? Because we don't want anything to be able to come in and steal what we've already accomplished for the Lord and for the kingdom of God, okay? Hallelujah. Look at um, Ephesians 1. Y'all good? Ephesians one said this in verse, uh, 17 through 23, but I only want to focus on, I want to start in verse 18. It says the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you would know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of his glory of the inheritance in the saints? So there are some inheritance that belongs to you as heirs of salvation, right? There's things that belong to you and the devil don't want you to know about it. He doesn't want you to have knowledge that there's some things that belong to you like healing as a believer or like him wanting to increase you and multiply you and that you don't have to be broke, disgusted and beat down and depressed and destroyed like everybody else. And in chaos, like all the world and everything that's going on, he doesn't want you to know the truth. Because if you know the truth, then you'll start occupying, you'll start taking territory that he has. It says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places Far above all principalities, power, might, and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. He gave his authority to the church. All Of his authority to the church. And the church has not used its authority and has just crumbled down to the things of this world. This is why we have, you know, uh, pastors that let, you know, homosexuals and transgenders get up in a pulpit and, you know, say that this is love and say that this is God. We've not taken our authority in the written word of God and stood our ground as a church. Amen. And so what happens? Then more confusion comes in. More confusion, more distortion because we don't take our position That we've been given as a church to say, no, as the church, this is what God said. He created a man and a woman. And no in between. Right? Right? Amen. Amen. And he gave us that right to take that stand. Number four, last one, kings rule under the anointing. To make sure God's will is done in the earth. We have an anointing. We have the king's anointing. We know in the Old Testament, the anointing would what? Or the Holy Spirit would come upon what? The prophet, priest, and king. We're talking about kings and priests. In the Old Covenant, it would come upon the prophet, priest, and kings. This was the Holy... Holy Spirit. And what happened in the Old Testament? We know that they would what? Anoint the kings with what? Oil that represents the Holy Spirit, which is the anointed. They're anointed as a king, right? To rule uh, their kingdom at that time. So we as believers, once we get born again, we've been given a king's anointing. Not only have we been given a king's anointing, we've been given the priest anointing. Kings are to rule and to have dominion over their own life and to operate in authority over our own life. right? Not over people, but over our own life, over the earth, over the systems, all, all those things. Uh, But as a priest, we're anointed to be the priest of our own home, the priest of our own lives. And we're anointed to do it as well. And next week we'll talk about the priest and how the priest functions and you as a priest over your own life. So you are a king in your own life, but you are also a priest in your own life. You're a priest unto God, right? And so we've been anointed as a king, Acts 10, 38. How God anointed, here's Jesus, we know who is the king, right? God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with what? Power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. So even Jesus as a man in the earth needed an anointing. Right. Why do we think as a man or as a believer when we get born again that we don't need the Holy Spirit, that we don't need the power of God, and that we don't need that anointing upon our life? No, if Jesus needed it, we need it. Right. Amen. Amen. We need it. And we need it back. hallelujah so Luke 14 18 says this the spirit of the Lord what is upon me because he has anointed me we know this is uh, in reference to Jesus he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed hallelujah So Jesus knew that he was anointed to be able to do all the things that God the Father needed him to do in the earth. He needed the anointing. He needed the anointing. Now look at this. 1 John 4, 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as... He is, so are we in this world. As He is, so are we in this world. If Jesus was anointed, so are we in this world. We'll see this in a minute. But we know that from the very beginning we were created in His image, right? Genesis chapter 1, in His image, in His likeness. So everything... About us is to look as a total representative of him in the earth. Everything. Everything. 1 John 2, 20 says this. It says, but you have an anointing. You have an anointing from the Holy One and you all know. So when the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you, when you get born again, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. But the anointing, the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter one, what wants to what come upon you as well, come upon you as well. And why? When he wants his. Disciples to wait and tarry so that the Holy Spirit can come to be poured out on the day of Pentecost so that they can all be what? Anointed as kings, as representatives, just like him in the earth. Hallelujah. Just as he is, so are we in this world. Not when we get to heaven. In the world, just like Him. Amen. So what Jesus did, we know we can what? We can do. We can do. Hallelujah. Everything that He says that we can do. Glory to God. Let's finish this up. I just wanted to remind you that we are kings and priests in this life. Amen. And as I was driving over here, the Holy Ghost Uh, reminded me of this scripture. I wasn't even thinking about it, but I was just, you know, praising him on the way over here. And this scripture came up, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to read that. In Psalms 103, 1 through 5, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all of our iniquities and He heals all of our diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. And here it is. Who crowns you? He crowned you. Royalty. We are kings in the earth. He crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good, for he is good. Amen. And so that your youth is renewed like an eagle. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Now we're going to decree some things. We're going to confess some things. We're going to remember all of his benefits. That we are heirs of salvation. We have an inheritance. We've been redeemed. We've been given everything we need to rise up as kings in the earth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Just thank him. Father, we thank you that you've given us. You've given us all of these benefits as a believer in the earth. We thank you, Father. Oh, that we have inheritance. We have things that belong to us in the earth. And Father, we thank you, hallelujah. Oh, that you redeemed us and put us back in the right position, glory to God as heirs hallelujah as royalty glory to God you redeemed our life from the pit you raised us up and you seated us in heavenly places on a throne with Jesus glory to God because thrones are in kingdoms not in religions hallelujah oh we thank you Lord we thank you Lord come on just thank Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say, I'm a king. I'm royalty. royalty. Hallelujah. I'm the head and not the tail. Come on. Everything I put my hand to will be blessed. Glory to God. Come on. Say, I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Say, I'm going to increase. Say, I'm going to take territory. Hallelujah. I'm going to move. I'm going to subdue and bring into subjection those things that the enemy's trying to destroy in my life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Wow, we've been... There is no excuse. We have no excuse. We have no excuse. And it is high time that the church rise up and mature. Because that's what he's waiting for. A mature church. A mature church. He expects... To return when he returns that this church is going to what? Be mature, that it's going to be flourishing. Come on, you're the church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's time that we quit having a small mind. A small mind. You have the creator of the universe on the inside of you. That when he said something, it happened. So what are you going to say about your life? What are we going to decree? Hallelujah. We've got to not be satisfied with the fact that we just, you know, are born again. No, we've got to move on up, move on up to another level of our mentality, of the things that he needs us to accomplish. We're going we're to be doing things that the world is absolutely saying can't be done. We should be doing things. Right? Right? Hallelujah. There's so much more that God wants to do in your life. And as long as you're in the earth, you should be producing, producing, producing for Him. Hallelujah. Never satisfied. Say, no, I'm going to. It's never too late. I was thinking of this pastor that was 70 in Poland that started at 64 on that hangar. And they worked on it just like we working on it. They're not paying for, you know, somebody to come in and remodel. They're scooping out the garbage like we've scooped out the garbage in this mall. And then this built theater. Right? Hallelujah. There's so much more. That God has for us as believers, for our lives, for our families, for us to just tap into and just not be satisfied and say, What is it, Lord? What is it, Lord? What else can I do for you? Hallelujah. Glory to God because He's made us royalty. Royalty. Hallelujah. We got to change our mindset. Mindsets. We got to get hungry again. Hungry and excited about life. Hallelujah. That every day is another opportunity. Every day is another opportunity. Glory to God. To be dreaming and doing things you never thought or imagined you could even be doing. Because there's still so many people that don't know what you know. So many people. Millions of people that don't know what you know. Millions and millions of people And we need every person reigning over their life. Amen. Amen. Dominating, ruling, subduing, occupying all these things that he designed for his man to do. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, let's just say glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchorfaith We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment, or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com. I'm